Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 270, which we are recording on Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we've been having quite an interesting time of recording today. We are recording remotely, very sadly, and everything that could go wrong has go wrong, gone wrong on my end. So <laughs> fingers are crossed. Actually, not just on your end, because once we finally got things set up, and let me tell you, it w- took a while to get here because of over all half the an technical, hour. <laughs> yeah, over the, all the technical snafus, and then we started recording and about two minutes into it, I realized I hadn't even bothered to start my recording. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're, we are recording, sadly, separately. I have been sick, feeling starting to feel a little bit better today. So we are doing the safe thing. And I see Gail on our little video. She's being a roving reporter today. She's using a handheld mic. That was part of our technical difficulties. So fortunately, we're going with our backup, backup, backup setup, and we'll see how this works. Yeah, I was sitting on my garage floor holding the microphone and not knitting. (laughs) We are pro podcasters, let me tell you. Yes, absolutely. Oh, Charlene, what are you wearing? Well, what I have been wearing is my Newsome sweater by Bristol Ivy. I was really surprised to look this one up and see that I made it back in 2015. How shocking is that? Wow. Yeah. So the Newsome cardigan has unusual construction, which is what drew me to it. It's knit bottom up and... The designer, Bristol Ivy, says it is a lightweight play on mitered shaping. So I wasn't really too sure what mitered shaping meant, but kind of like a mitered blanket or the squares that make up a mitered blanket. You've got sections that come at each other at 90 degree angles and you play off those angles and pick up stitches and then you go in another direction. So it was really fun to knit, but I never wore it that much. And I think it was because when I finished with it, the raglan top, the like the yoke of the cardigan was a little bit oversized on me in a in an odd way. It was just, it was like the raglan section of the sweater. The yoke itself was too long. And because of the unusual construction, I cast on a size that would fit the way I wanted at the waist, because that's where you start. You start at the bottom of the sweater. And so I picked the size that I thought would work, but Again, because of the unusual construction, I couldn't really tell that the yoke was way too big until I had knit it all together. So it wasn't a great fitting experiment for me, but apparently I'm still wearing it. I do like the sweater, but I didn't wear it a lot when I first knit it. It's cozy. I'm not sure it looks that great in terms of fit, but 
who knows? Recently, I have been wearing it everywhere. So I guess I've gotten over that. <laughs> well, I remember you got a lot of compliments when you wore it to stitches one year. Oh, yeah. Isn't it kind of similar to Flaum? Yeah, it kind of in that cut and and the shape and the length of it. Yes. You know, and now that I think about it, I should try tossing it in the dryer for a little bit and see if it has just really stretched out of shape. Ah. So that might help. I I do wonder if other people had the same sort of fitting issues, though, because the designer later released a new pattern of this design that was knit differently. It was knit from the top down and she gave it a new name. It was called Weights. So I always thought that maybe other people kind of had the same fit, fitting or fit issues that I did. And I had always kind of thought that, oh, maybe I'll re-knit mine, but I, I never have. <laughs> but now I think maybe I'll just knit another one since I'm wearing this one and it's this one is a nice neutral gray so it's a really good color for me so that is Newsome by Bristol Ivy what are you wearing Gail I have actually been wearing my work in progress <laughs> so I've been working on a blanket and the only time it's been chilly around here has been in the evening so it's perfect to drape on my lap while I'm knitting. So that's what I've been wearing, my work in progress. You don't hear that very often. No, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what have you been stocking? Okay, kind of a category for me this week, because I have noticed that there has been a huge uptick in spring, summer tops and tanks on Ravelry and just everywhere that I'm looking at knitting, knitted items and knitting patterns. And it seems to me like there's a lot more of these short sleeve tops and tanks than in the last couple of years. And I'm wondering if it's just because people are finally feeling like they can get out more this year. And so there's more design, more, more of that sort of garment coming out. I don't really know. So the first one I am looking at is called the Floodlight Tea, and it's by Tannis Lavely. And this one is a ballet neck circular yoke tee with alternating rounds of two yarns. So you'll do a couple of rows in a smooth fingering yarn and then a couple of rows in the lace mohair and a couple of rows in the smooth fingering and a couple in the lace mohair. And where you alternate the two different yarns, it looks like it's only for a very short section at the very top of the yoke, above the bust basically. So it's a very light, probably a cooler fabric, breezier fabric too with the mohair. And it's hard to tell from the photos, but like I said, I think it's 
only that very upper yoke section. I don't believe that the alternating yarns is used throughout the whole t-shirt. So you probably need very, very little of the mohair because the t-shirt itself is just knit wholly in the smooth fingering, I believe. So the size range goes from 32 to 68 inches. Let's see, the pattern page does not give the equivalent centimeter measurements, but she has included the size inclusive hashtag on the pattern page. So that was Floodlight Tea by Tannis Lavely. The second t-shirt that I have noticed is another one by Melanie Burke. And I say another one because I think we've stocked something by her for the last couple of episodes. Yep. So yeah, so some nice patterns coming out from her. So let's see, this one is called A Study in Pink. It's also a ballet neckline, also a circular yoke, but this one differs in that it has a lace pattern around the yoke and then the same lace pattern repeated around the bottom of the top. It's also fingering weight. The sizes go from 40 inches to 56 inches, which is 100 to 140 centimeters. And it is knit in fingering weight yarn. The last one, this one was released back in 2017, but it is a very popular pattern. So it always seems if you're searching for summer tops, this one always shows up in the search. It is called Anchor's Summer Shirt by Petite Knit. We maybe have stocked this one before because it's it's a pretty popular one. It has over 5,000 projects on Ravelry. And so the pattern itself seems to be well-suited for many, many people. At least two of our Zoom friends have knit it, Claudia yes. and Susan, I believe. And it looks cute on so many Very people. Cute. I really like it. So this one is also a circular yoke, but has a more fitted crew neck. And the yoke on this one is made in a pattern of knits and pearls. So kind of a ribbing patterning. And this one is knit in DK white yarn, making it the heaviest gauge of these three. And her original sample is knit in a cotton linen blend. And the sizes, let's see, this one comes in... Bust circumference goes from 85 to 153 centimeters, which is 33 to 60 inches. So that is Anchor's Summer Shirt by Petite Knit. Those are the things I am stocking. What are you stocking, Gail? I was introduced to a new book by one of our listeners, Amanda, in the What Are You Stalking thread in our Ravelry group. She pointed out the newest book by Mayu KP, and it's called Contrasts, Textured Knitting. And it's published by Lina Magazine. And it has, I think, 27 or 23 patterns that are all 
gorgeous and as the name implies textured knitting they all have either cables or lace or something dramatic in my opinion for design elements and the patterns ranged from fingering to worsted and there are wraps there are hats there are shawls and lots of beautiful sweaters the ones that i liked the most the first one is called pearly beach and it's a fingering weight bottom up sweater that has lace and cable panels oh it's so pretty it has drop shouldered sleeves and Besides being knit bottom up, which is not my favorite construction, everything about it speaks to me. It's just gorgeous. And she designed it to have nine inches of positive ease. Sizes range from 30 inches to 66 inches at the bust, which is 75 to 165 centimeters. And that comes in 10 sizes. So she has a pretty wide range of sizes in those, those measurements. The next one that I really loved is called Selena, and that's the Finnish word for water sounds or murmuring. And this one is knit with light fingering held doubled with silk mohair lace, or that's basically a DK weight, I would think. And this one is top down. It has a circular lace yoke with baubles and then that pattern is repeated at the bottom of the sleeves which look like they're probably bracelet length but you could vary that any way you wanted and i think there's also some kind of patterning at the bottom of the sweater but i don't remember that one for certain and this one is interesting because she provides four different yoke depths since it's a circular lace yoke so i think for sizing that would help people depending on the depth of your body like from your the top of your shoulders to your sleeve separation to help you decide which depth of the yoke to knit oh that's interesting isn't that interesting yeah so do you choose two sizes you choose a width and a depth for sizing i have no idea i didn't see a schematic but it it's interesting i like that not quite sure how it would work yeah (laughs) She recommended two inches of positive ease, and the sizes on this one range from 28 inches to 56 inches at the bust, which is 70 to 140 centimeters, and there are 13 sizes in this one. And then the third that I picked for stocking, even though I could have talked about easily half of them, (laughs) this one is called the Long Road Hoodie. In the book, she often took a type of stitch and then used that for one or more sweaters and a hat and maybe even a wrap. So in the case of the long road hoodie, there was also a long road, maybe just cardigan. I don't think there was a pullover and there was definitely a long road hat, maybe something else as well. And this one is just a masterpiece of all over cable and lace designs the sleeves the pockets the hood everything just was just stunning in its texture and this one was knit in worsted weight yarn and it's top down and like i said it's a hoodie and it has pockets and i think this one's knit to about mid thigh length so it would be one of those glorious winter coats for us where 
we would live in it for the whole winter, probably. My only thought was, knit in worsted weight, it would be too heavy for me unless it was a lighter worsted weight yarn, like not as dense as a lot of worsted weight, but it's so beautiful. That one, she recommends eight inches of positive ease, and the sizes range from 30 to 62 inches at the bust, which is 75 to 155 centimeters, and that one comes in nine different sizes. So the sizing seems to be fairly wide range, which is great. I know that there were lots of different weights of yarn represented, and just the different contrasts of texture and stuff are so, so pretty. So if you haven't seen this new book by May UKP, Contrasts Textured Knitting, I highly recommend it. The only thing preventing me from buying it is that it's a wee bit expensive. It's about $55, but for 23 patterns that obviously took a lot of work, it's a fair price. So I just have to make sure that I'd really knit a good portion of the patterns in the book before I invest. But the other thing that I really liked is that she had a lot of projects. So she had a lot of test knitters. So you can see already different yarns. You can see different body types and sizes. So I really appreciated that as well. It wasn't a book that just came out and had nothing to look at. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Take a look. All right. What have you been knitting? Well, I have a hat in my hands showing you. I think I I need to get another hat done this month. I don't remember my hat count, but I think I'm at the point where I need to keep up. So I do need to finish one hat. And I also cast on a new sweater though not new to me, called Granito by Hohi Locatelli. Not new to me because I have knit this one before, and I had been wearing my wool Granito a lot in the past month or so before I cast this one on, and I thought it would be nice to have a slightly lighter version, so I am knitting one in Coast. In fact, when I went to the Knockers Retreat, there were a couple of retreaters there who were who were wearing granito and it made me think how nice it would be to have another one <laughs> so we spent a lot of time talking about that in in our group there and granito is a top down pullover and the design feature on this one that's unusual is the side pockets that kind of extend from the front to the back of the sweater. In the front, there are two rows equidistant from the center and the armpits, maybe. Design feature of some slipped stitches that go down the front, and that's repeated on the back. And then the pockets go from the front slipped stitch column all the way to the back slipped stitch column. So they're long pockets along the side, kind of unusual, but really kind of a little design feature. And I'm when I cast mine on, I was thinking, well, I don't really use the pockets for anything, so maybe I'm just going to leave the pockets 
off my sweater. So I haven't really decided because here I am saying that it's kind of a nice little design feature and yet I don't really use it as a pocket because if I put anything in the pocket, it makes the sweater hang improperly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I put something heavy yes, on one side, it's not gonna it's not gonna wear properly. So I haven't they're not they're not very useful pockets for me, but I might end up doing them just for the look. We'll see. That is Granito by Hohi Locatelli. What are you knitting, Gail? Well, as I previously alluded to, I've been working on blankets and I'm pretty much on a Bits and Bobs marathon knitting goal right now because I'm supposed to be going to see Alex and the family June 1st, which means I'm supposed to finish Olivia's Bits and Bobs blanket by June 1st, which I used to think I could get it done and I kind of still think I can get it done. But I'm going to visit my parents in Oregon. We're leaving tomorrow, which is why poor Charlene is recording today not feeling well. (laughs) And I thought it was going to be a relaxing four days in Oregon where I would be doing a lot of knitting. But Alex called me this morning and said, guess what? We're going to drive and see you there too. So it's going to be a nice thing for my father because Max and I will be there and then Alex and the family will be there. So he's he he doesn't know it's a surprise to him so he'll be really excited because max and alex and her family have never been to their new house and my dad always complains that nobody comes to see them in brookings so he's going to have a full house on his hands but <laughs> for me that means i won't be getting as much knitting because i'll be playing with the kids so right you're going to have to be Yeah, you're going to have to be on grandma, so. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So we'll see if I get this done. And right now, last night, I started color number 10. So I only, well, I just started it. And 12 colors, and then I have to do the I-cord all the way around the blanket as well. So fingers crossed for me that I get it finished. Of course, I'll bring it to Spokane, even if it's not finished. But when you're grandma, you don't really get much knitting time because you're too busy playing with the grandkids. So (laughs) there you go. So that's Bits and Bobs by Kay Jones. And I'm loving it. All of the candy skein colors of the year last year are so pretty. Oh my gosh, it just it's gorgeous. I'm so happy with it. And I also started a bankhead hat which is a pattern by Susie Gourlay, and you and I have both knit several of these. Worsted weight, free pattern, very easy, and it's just a great staple charity hat or hat for anybody pattern because it's it's very nice, gender neutral, you can use any color, it's just a great pattern. Very well written, I highly recommend it. So all the B's, bits and bobs, and bankhead. That's what's on the needles. Space. The Final Frontier, to boldly knit what no one has knit before. Visit the Star Trek Enterprise with Candy Skein's current monthly colorway theme. May and June will feature a new Star Trek color to knit or crochet your way through the galaxy and beyond. The following theme will be released toward the end of June, so be sure to stay tuned. With three exclusive bases, like their 100% Merino Tasty DK 
and their yummy fingering workhorse sock yarn, your projects will be the envy of your knit group. And if you're looking for additional yarn and craft items, make sure to check out their enamel pins, cross stitch patterns, needles, beads, and art prints. For more information on their wonderful products, visit their website at www.candyskein.com. Candyskein is offering listeners 15% off using code CANDY4YARNIAX through the end of May. Awesome. Thank you very much, Tammy, for Thank sponsoring. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah. And I'm loving, loving, loving the yarn from last year's month ago. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to go look and maybe do a little shopping myself. <laughs> no kidding. And I just, as you were reading that, realized that she probably is doing the Enterprise because they have a new series, which it's incredible to think that they're still making Star Trek, but apparently Gene Roddenberry's son or grandson or some relation is the one masterminding this one. So I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm a Star Trek Enterprise cool. fan. Very cool. And don't forget, Candy Skein is offering listeners 15% off using code CANDY for Yarniacs through the end of May. Yeah, and that's all uppercase and the number four. Okay. All right, so what have you finished? I've finished one thing. I have finished my Huhui shawl by Hohi Locatelli. Yeah. Now, Huhui is a pattern, also another pattern that I've knit previously. And I picked this pattern for my special pooling yarn that was given to me at holiday time by Gail. I picked this pattern because it had the shape that I really wanted. And the first hoo-hoo-y that I made is probably one of, if not the most worn shawl in my shawl collection. I wear my hoo-hoo-y a lot. So I knew it was a shape that I liked. However, it has a stitch pattern in it that I wasn't sure would work with the pooling stitch that I was using. So what is a pooling stitch, you say? Now, the pooling yarn is a skein where maybe 25% of it is dyed a color and the rest of it is just solid. So in this case, mine is a neutral color and then 25% of the skein is dyed the periwinkle color of the year. So two colors and every time I knit and I get to the periwinkle portion of the yarn, I do a little flower stitch. So if you're looking at stockinette stitch, you see a swath of plain neutral colored stitches in stockinette and then periwinkle flower stitches on this swath of stockinette. So now impose that idea onto a shawl shaping and you get the idea. You get this neutral colored shawl with these pops of periwinkle flowers all over. And I thought I would just use the numbers from this and make a simple shawl. However, once I figured out how to do the flower stitch, 
and got into the shawl, got into the shaping and the making of the shawl, I figured, well, maybe it would work on the mesh stitch, which is another section of the shawl. It's kind of an open work, not quite lacy. Basically, all it is is a knit two together, yarn over, knit two together, yarn over. So it creates a mesh pattern. And I tried out a few rows with the flowering stitch also done on the mesh. And it sounds busy, but it worked. It really is beautiful. <laughs> so I have now a very different sort of hoo-hoo-y. It, it doesn't look anything at all like my first version. It My first version is three colors. This one is all knit really in one color, although it is two because of the pooling. But I love the way it turned out. I haven't... I did wear it once. I did wear it once so far. On a, on one cold morning, I was wearing it, and I was very happy with it. So, Yay! Yeah, so that's Huhui by Hohi Locatelli. Have you finished anything, Gail? I have not finished anything knitting. However, I did finish something knitting-related. We did Knitting in the News last episode, and I talked about a an opera singer who was performing in the UK named Melanie Gall. And it turns out that I was misinformed by this article. She is a Canadian opera singer. And a lot of knitters already know her because of the podcast, the Savvy Girls podcast. And Melanie Gall is one of the sisters who does the podcast. So little did I know that this person who collected all these knitting songs and performs them. She also has a channel on Spotify where you can listen to the songs. I've listened to one of the Savvy Girls podcasts so far, and I look forward to listening to more. So thank you to everyone who reached out to us and said, you guys, she's a known knitting person because I had no idea. So Melanie Gall, she's a podcaster and an opera singer and all sorts of other things. So that was pretty cool to know. And that's Very what I finished. Cool. A new episode of a new podcast. And, well, and now that you mention it, I too have listened to that podcast occasionally in the past. And I think I do remember something about opera singers. And I just, you know, there's just so much out there. Sometimes it's hard just to put these things together in your head. Yeah, so. I had no idea. So there was nothing to piece together in my head. Oh. <laughs> but she did actually tour the UK singing the knitting songs in March. So that part was actually real. Wow. Well, all of Very it was real, cool. except for that she's not a UK opera singer. So, Oh, got it. Got there it. you go. And we're so excited for the next part of the <laughs> podcast. Oh, my gosh. So excited. So excited. We are going to talk about the colors of fall knit along. So for those of you who are listeners who have done this with us in the past, this is an annual knit along that we do that goes from the solstice, which is Tuesday, June 21st, through the equinox, which is Thursday, September 22nd. So there are three months to knit yourself something that incorporates one of the colors of fall well, it doesn't even need to be fall. One of the colors of the Pantone colors of fall or colors of spring for 2022. And for the colors of fall, there are two palettes. There's the New York palette and there's the London palette. And I'm in love with most of the colors this year. I have to say, I'm, I'm feeling a little 
indifferent. I like all of the classic colors, for sure. In terms of the others, yeah, a little indifferent. They, oh, I love them. They don't seem... To me, they're very unexpected because they aren't typically what I think of as fall colors. Oh, that's a good point. But I think that is one of the trends that I did see. One of the trends that I read about for fall was brights. So, and they, and they are bright. Yeah, you're right. They're definitely not what one would think of as fall colors. They're very vivid, bright, mm-hmm. saturated colors, which I love. I think they're all beautiful, <laughs> but you're right. They're not, they're not what you would typically think of as fall. And we both did some research into what are the fashion trends. And I think I say this more often than not when we do this episode. I'm always surprised at the difference between the reporting on the trends. So I've looked at like Harper's Bazaar and Vogue and different fashion magazines and things like that to see what are the upcoming trends for fall? What should I maybe think of knitting? And they're all different. I think the only consistencies I saw were neon colors and the little black dresses back. But I would argue it never went away. I definitely would too on that point. But I also saw the brights in terms of knitwear. Vests are supposedly a good fashion choice to be knitting for fall. If you'll recall... When we talked about knitting in the news, I had mentioned that the graphic jumper was a thing. And apparently on the runway, people were also reporting on many graphic jumpers. So in terms of graphic jumpers for makers, again, I'm not sure if that means intarsia, maybe, or... Perhaps painting onto knitted fabric would be an interesting way of achieving a made graphic sweater. But there you go. Graphic sweaters. (laughs) I did notice that as well. And you could also duplicate stitch, couldn't you? Yes, that's true. That would be my chosen method. (laughs) Same. Did you see that curiosity sweater that I texted you that has the cat on the front? It's an intarsia cat. You were probably sick and didn't notice it, but it's super cute. I'll text it to you again. Yeah, it was in hot right sounds... now while you were sickest, so you probably oh. were stalking Ravelry. <laughs> huh. I don't remember, but I definitely want to see it. And it fits that graphic jumper trend. Yeah. The other thing I saw for knitwear were something quote unquote called stay at home sets. Now, granted, these were ready-to-wear sets that were being sold. But for a knitter, this is something that you could certainly consider making. So what's a stay-at-home set? It was knit pants, a knit top, and a very flowy cardigan. (laughs) Yep, yep. It was almost an extreme version of the twin set because it would be a very long cardigan and, and then pants added to it. I still want to knit those joggers, so maybe I'll be on trend with my fall look and it'll actually be 
<laughs> joggers and a, and a ripple bralette and uh, some kind of loungy robe cardigan. And I'll be, you'll be knitting joggers and I'll be knitting culottes. Exactly. So we'll, we'll each have some kind of stay at home set. And then the other, another trend that I read about, which I wholeheartedly agree with because we have seen this. In fact, you are prepared for this one. They called it the outerwear that resembled robes trend. And your lounger sweater, boom, (laughs) ready to go. (laughs) Little did we know I was a trendsetter this year. Yes. Yeah, I really liked that. And then one interesting thing that I have not seen a pattern for but I'm guessing you never know. It might already be there somewhere on Ravelry or about to be there. I saw an Italian ready-to-wear sweater company had a turtleneck balaclava. So it was a jumper, a pullover sweater that had a big turtleneck that you could pull over your head as a balaclava. So wow. it's all connected one piece kind of thing. And I could definitely see someone writing a pattern for something like that. Yeah, that's actually if you're out in the cold or skiing or something, that's a really good idea actually. Yeah. Yeah, because Even if you don't pull it up over your head, it would be a substantial neck warming item Mm -hmm. as well. As long as it didn't choke you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a lot of fabric around the neck to me, but that's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So do you have any plans for what you might knit for the colors of fall? Well, we should talk about the colors. Go oh gosh, I know. I'm fast forwarding. I know. I, I've got them open on my iPad next to me because yeah, I'm so I just, excited. I've, I've got it open. So Gail had mentioned there's two palettes for the autumn, winter, 2022-2023 palette. One is the New York, one is the London and they've separated. Have they done the separation of the classics before or is that a new thing they did this is at least the second or third year yeah okay so they've separated out a small in this case it's five neutrals that they call their classics for the season and it's interesting that they're different similar but different for example new york has a color called nosegay which they call a fragrant floral pink that envelops the senses. I don't care for it. Oh, and seriously? Then, you don't like it? I don't care for it. And oh, I love it. The London palette also has a pale pink that they call strawberry cream. And this one, the definition says strawberry cream is a light infused sweet pink. So they're similar but different and on that note, I do like the strawberry cream pink. I just don't care for the nosegay pink. The nos- nosegay pink is a much bluer pink, and I prefer the strawberry cream pink. So it's interesting oh. how they're so different. Yep. And they did that, like, there's an orange dragonfly. 
Dragon Fire is what it's yes. called for London, but for New York, it's called Orange Tiger. Orange Tiger, yeah. So, and the same with the red, it's Molten Lava for London and it's Lava Falls for New York. And they're all slightly different. They aren't the same color, but right. maybe it's a cool and the warm or something I, version. And then there are some that are completely different. For example, the London, I quite like what they call the lichen blue, mm -hmm. but there is no real corresponding choice, I don't think, in the New York palette. Right. And there's a similar green in each palette and a yeah. somewhat similar yellow in each palette, yeah. too. And then in the classics, of course, I like the navies, mm -hmm. the grays. Both of them have a navy. Both of them have a gray. Again, slightly different. Mm -hmm. The London classics, in addition to the navy and the gray, have three different shades of mm, browns, I guess you would say, varying levels. Very, one of them is a peachy brown one of them they call iced coffee and one of them is really an off-white they call tapioca and then in the new york set they've changed it up with a arctic white an autumn blonde which is more of an off-white it looks like old newspaper and the loden frost which is a green which mm -hmm. it doesn't even appear in the london classic palette yeah, I would agree that the navies and the grays are gorgeous. Yeah. And from each palette, there are combinations that I would love. Mm -hmm. For example, in the, I could probably build more combinations that I like in the London palette. In the London palette, because London palette also has a purple, whereas the New York palette does not have a purple. But I like the meadow violet, the lichen blue. And then the two classics, the navy and the gray. I could combine all those, and that would be nice. <laughs> and I'm thinking the New York palette is that for me. I would. There are a lot of things on the New York palette that I have in stash, well represented. Yeah, and I know exactly what I would want to knit with them. Yeah, the exception being lichen blue in London, the London palette. I love that color, and I yeah. have some yarn that would match that as well. Yeah. That one is really pretty. Mm -hmm. Really, really pretty. I don't know why they call it lichen blue. It says nature inspired lichen blue evokes serenity. But lichen is green and yellow. So interesting. Mm. Maybe there's yeah. blue lichen and I've just never seen it. There might be. Yeah. There must be. Yeah. So have you done any planning or any speculating and stalking for the colors? You know, of course I have yarn in my palette that's the metal violet uh -huh. i probably have i i would hazard a guess that i have at least three sweater quantities in my stash <laughs> of that color probably double or triple that if i include yarns that just have that color in it rather than being all that color you know it, like including multicolors and speckles, right. that kind of thing. Because, you know, everything that I have has a little bit of purple in it, just about. So, And we should actually use that to, inf to 
re-elaborate oh, yes. on how the, the colors of Fall Knit Along work. So yes, Charlene just said <laughs> that the color meadow violet might be represented in a multicolored yarn versus a semi-solid that is all meadow violet. And the only thing we ask for the colors of fall is that at least one of the colors from any of the palettes, including spring and summer, be used and represented in your finished project. So you don't have to use all one color. It can just be something that if you squint, you can see that color in there and then you're good to go. <laughs> and the only other thing we ask is that you style your finished object in a look, a fall look. So we'd love to see how you're going to wear it, what you're going to wear it with. If it's home wear, how you're going to style it in your home. So the deal with this knit along is we will post a finished objects thread and to qualify for prizes, we want to see a picture of that finished look and you don't have to be wearing it. It can be on a hanger hanging off of a closet. It could be laid out on a bed or a floor. It doesn't have to be on your body, but we do want to see the whole look. So that's the one little caveat with this, <laughs> this knit along that we do because Charlene and I love to see the finished looks. We do. And you know, we have done this knit along, I think this is our our longest, longest standing knit along that we have done every year. And so we do forget sometimes to repeat what exactly it is and how to go about it. But you'll be making a garment, an accessory, something for your homes, something for somebody else, just something that uses one of those colors. Yep. It, it's really fun. And the reason that Gail and I talked about some trends that we saw coming for the fall in terms of clothing is because sometimes people like to focus on making something that will be in style or trending. Or you could just be like Gail and I and make what we would like. <laughs> <laughs> Who, us? And why don't you also give a background of what Pantone is and the colors, because we haven't talked about that yet either. Okay, so these colors have been chosen by the Pantone company who make the Pantone matching system. And Pantone also picks the color of the year, which is interesting that Perry, very Perry is not included in any of these yes, palettes. Yes, I thought but the I same guess, thing. Yeah, but I guess it's the overall color for the year anyway. But what we use the Pantone matching system for in printing is if you are a company, for example, who has a logo with three colors in it, and you want your logo to look the same wherever it is reproduced, on cups, on shirts, on towels, on fabric, wherever it's reproduced, on trade show images, that kind of thing, you can specify the pan the color in the Pantone matching system, and then it is the responsibility of the printer to match this exact color. So when you look at something for example, on a computer monitor, you know how you can never really rely that the color is going to be the same if you look at a color on a phone or on a computer monitor, that kind of thing. This this is a system that ensures that the color will look the same when it's gone, when it goes to print. 
That's all. And then every year they do a palette that the fashion industry kind of incorporates and they do one for spring and summer and they do another one for autumn and winter and you can use any of those palettes for the year 2022 which winter goes into 2023 so wherever you are in the world you will find a color that works we hope right yes gail and i have focused our discussion today on the two palettes that are for autumn winter 22 to 23 but we do realize that half of our listening audience is located in another hemisphere so please avail yourself of the spring summer palettes if you prefer and i did already do some patterns <laughs> oh you did. I did yay <laughs> Yay! So, you always do that. You're so good at that, Gail. <laughs> well, I'm good at stalking. It doesn't necessarily ever happen, but we were talking recently on our Zoom, and our Saturday Zooms are still going, 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Please come and join us. In the Ravelry group, there's a thread that's stickied at the top for the Saturday Zoom and you just click that link to join at one and we're there. We love it when new people join us. It's super fun. It's really relaxed and laid back. Nobody's going to force you to talk if you don't want to. It's just a really fun hour and a half to two hours to two and a half to three, depending on how long people stay on. So it's still going strong. And we were talking about the colors and there are two colors in the New York palette. Orange Tiger is orange, as you might expect, and rose violet. And that's described as vivid and vibrant. Rose violet is full of zing. So it's not highlighter pink, but it's really bright. And I knit the Lily Pilly several years ago, and I used yarns that were close to orange tiger and close to rose violet with a gray that's, I'd say it's closer to the gray in the London core classics. But it's a beautiful combination. So when I saw those two right next to each other in the palette, I thought, oh, it might be really fun to do something with those two colors. But I don't think I have any orange tiger in my stash. So I don't know. But the the thought was it hit me right away when I saw those two colors was how beautiful would that be if you're into the bright colors like I am. But things that I do know I can knit So Lava Falls is the red color in the New York palette, and it's described as this. Lava Falls, an impassioned orange red with a captivating presence. And then the equivalent of that in the London palette is called Molten Lava. Molten Lava, a fiery red tone whose intensity burns bright. And I have a sweater quantity of red yarn that's called cinnamon heart is the name of the colorway but you can kind of visualize that perhaps and it's a bfl nylon blend of fingering weight yarn and i think i want to knit elizabeth doherty's pacific crest sweater with that yarn in red i think it would be really really beautiful charlene knit that sweater and hers is gorgeous and i think I could make this yarn work. I don't know. It's not exactly the weight called for in the pattern, I don't think, but I'm sure I could make it work. And Pacific Crest is a top-down sweater that has 
stripes of different textures. So it's visually appealing because of all those textures in the sweater. And it looks amazing on everybody who's knit it. So that's my first thing I'm stocking is the Pacific Crest sweater in either Molten Lava or Lava Falls. The second one I'm thinking of is Pink is for Power by Melanie Berg. And that's one that I stocked a couple weeks ago. And it is another top down, or maybe that one's bottom up actually, but it's another drop sleeve sweater that has beautiful texturing on the front. And as the name implies, pink is for power. I know that I have colors from the New York palette. I have rose violet and nosegay in my stash well represented, so I could do either of those. And then I also have a sweater quantity of Western Sky Knits that I've had for years. It's her fingering tweed and it's called Forget Me Not and it's so like in blue. It's so perfect for the like in blue color. I'm looking at it right now thinking, oh yes, that's the one. I don't know what sweater I would knit with that, but it's beautiful. And then the last one, and this is, I actually did these in reverse order. If I was to say which was my biggest hope to knit, for Colors of Fall, it's actually a hand-spun yarn that was a gift from our friend Amanda, Hanover Street, and she spun organic Polworth that is beautiful, and it has both nosegay and rose violet and strawberry cream in it. So I just don't know what pattern to knit. I have 683 yards and I was kind of thinking of doing Flowers in the Air by Sachiko Imura, which is a triangle shawl that I stocked a long time ago. But I don't know if I want this to be a triangle shawl. So I could maybe use the flower pattern and do a wrap. So I'm kind of playing around with that. But if anyone has any great ideas for a rectangular wrap or maybe a crescent shawl, I'm not sure, with about 600 tonight 600 to 700 yards of a finger ink let me know because I really want to knit that up and I just don't know what pattern to knit so those are my targets as it is now so there's a blue a red and two pinks I'm pretty excited so typically we would do a lot more talking about the colors of fall but poor Charlene her voice has hit its limit so we're going to wrap it up there we do have a planning thread in the Ravelry group and tell us what you want to knit and what colors and what you're going to do. And it's so fun just to exchange ideas and see where it leads us. There's a lot of time between now and when we kick off on Tuesday, June 21st. So that means you can be swatching and planning and doing all the fun things. And then we cast on on the 21st or anytime between then and the wrap up on September 22nd. So come let us know what you want to knit. We're super that excited. Sounds good. I'm excited to hear what people want to knit. And I think I've reached the end of my voice for today. So thank you for listening and happy knitting, everyone. Happy knitting. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.